Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. In my business, there is only one place, and that's to be a winner. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man, that's it. Well, I felt like SpongeBob for a minute, right? They said, hey, Dad, let's make a TikTok. You know, there's times where you make plays that are special, and there's some times where you're like, that's pretty fucking good. Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Sismanowitz, joined as always with Kyle Tchaikovsky. Kyle. Hello. And hello. It is another episode. This is the fourth episode of the offseason we've had? I think so. Fourth fourth of the second season of PMP. Yes. Which we're so close. We're under 14 days away. Yeah. 13 yeah. to be exact. Yes. August 31st as of this recording. We're so close that when we were talking off air about future episodes, I thought we had more time until the start of the season, but we do not. We do not. We d- in fact do not. I mean, he's the one that runs the show too. And for him to not be aware, it's just poor. It's a poor reflection of our... I guess brand, which in turn is a good reflection of our brand. So I was going to say, no structure is good structure for what we've structured here. Wow, well said. You know what I mean. I think I said it better, but you just kind of were redundant. Yeah. with that. So. I just repeated the same word. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this episode, we're going to have. Well, once again, we can lead it off. I guess it's pre-recorded. We recorded it last week, but our yeah. interview with Jarrett Boykin. Boy, can he catch! That was a fun. Again, a fun interview. It was it was nice too because unlike Good, he was able to actually turn the video on, yeah, on the Zoom we got call, some, so face to face, and uh, yeah, he was uh, he was very, again, knowledgeable on his football mm-hmm. information, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I mean, he knows uh, Reggie Bagleton too. That was one thing going into it. I was like, does he know him? Because he kind of yeah, they crossed paths um, when he was kind of at the. End of his football career, and while well, Bagleton was rising up, so that was that was cool. That's what's weird, and it kind of puts in perspective where Bagleton's jer- what ba- Bagleton's journey's been, because that was like 2017, where 16, he, I think, yeah, si- yeah, 16 or 17, where he was on the same team with Jarrett Boykin, who's been out of the league for a while. Which and now, who was it? Huh? What what CFL team was it? Uh, the uh, the Calgary uh, Stampeders. There it is. And oh, it, I'm kind of pissed that I didn't get it after you told me to, because I was like, oh, the Calgary Stampede, and one of my favorite artists, Coulter Wall, actually, uh, one of his songs is called the Calgary Stampede, or he mentions it. Really? Like, yeah. Like he has. Oh, I think that's they're. I think, Big I think football they, guy. Yeah. Mm, I think they have a, <laughs> an actual like rodeo up in Canada every year, and it's called the um, Calgary Stampede. Huh. I assume something like that. Maybe it was another. Maybe it was an event like back in the day. I don't know. This tangent sucks. Move on. 
<laughs> but yeah, with that, on this episode, we will talk about the risers and fallers of training camp. Since mm. now it is officially wrapped up, practice is over. Uh, we will have Twitter takes, uh, a Twitter new takes. segment. Twitter takes. Twitter uh, takes. We're gonna workshop. That. We'll, we'll workshop, but we're gonna try to divide out the segments that we have this year. But we'll have that. We'll have our interview with Jarrett Boykin. We'll have our trivia with uh, is Kyle an idiot and Stump mm. Spenny. And we will have our amazing outro that Kyle always loves. But first, <laughs> we will mention what happened last week on Thursday as Thursday or Friday. Was it Friday? Thursday was when the Bucks uh, boycotted their game. And Friday yep. is when the Packers did not practice. So we do have to, I think it would be wrong of us to not mention it. Yep. After the shooting of Jacob Blake, the Packers, uh, like a lot of other teams on Friday, did not practice. It was a whole orga- organizational thing. Uh you know, you know it was too because a lot of guys who have been very vocal on their social platforms, uh, Billy Turner, Kirksey, and uh, Adrian Amos all spoke. Mark yep. Murphy released a message. I don't know. It's we're in a weird time as it is. So to have this be a forefront is different, I think, for a lot of people. But more than anything, I think don't be an asshole. Listen, listen to voices. You know, think. Racism is bad. I don't think it should be that tough to, to you know, put that to have Isn't, that. Thought. Yeah, that is not a hot take. It's in n- it's in not a, a world thing. full of hot takes, I think racism is bad and it needs to be identified and called out. I don't think that is one of the hot takes. And um, like you said, listen, I like that word a lot, and that's what our Lord and Savior Aaron Rodgers has said a lot in this mm-hmm. past, you know, week or month or whatever that. It's all about listening and opening your ears. There's too many people in today that are talking just to get opinions out where mm-hmm. it, it needs to be listening and empathizing with people's situations that you would never imagine being real, but they, they are. So Yeah. And I mean coming coming from us, it's not like we we can get too deep in this either way either way, because you know, we're two white guys who grew up in northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know what Black people the lived go experiences, yeah. Dealing with the police made me proud to be a fan. It was cool yeah. to see them, you know, solidarity and Lafleur, again being being the leader he is, and you know, going with what his players wanted to go with, and again, listening and hearing them and understanding their perspective. So it was uh, it was cool to to see that sort of camaraderie, you know, in person. Much much different. Then what was it four years ago now? How the NFL, the league reacted to Colin Kaepernick? It's now a lot more welcoming. Came a long him. way. That's that's for sure. Yeah, but uh, very 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 easy segue here after talking about that training camp. You know that was part of training camp. Football. One of the, one of the last practices. Football. One of the last practices before the final scrimmage, which was on yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday on August Sunday thirtieth. So a little, little lighter, but. Risers, followers, you know, we kind of talked about training camp last week. A lot of people have obviously talked about training camp, what's going on. I figure now we can just focus on the names of risers and fallers so far in camp. And I don't know, should we bounce back and forth, risers, followers, or should Ooh, we I like all that. risers? Fa- yeah, okay. let's do a rise, let's do a fall, and then okay. like it. First riser, no surprise to anyone who's been paying attention, Rashawn Gary. Mm, he's But wait a second. He's a bust. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was a bust. I thought he stunk. Yeah, I thought he's he was. Been in, he's been in the NFL for a cup of coffee, and he's not a pr- 
all pro yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he was he didn't have any work ethic in Michigan or whatever. When actually now Mike Smith is saying he's like the hardest, one of the hardest working guys on the team. Love to see that. Yeah, and I've I'm I'm sure you've seen the tweets. If you don't, if you're not on Twitter, there have been a lot of tweets saying. Would have been a Rashawn Gary sack. That's, Would have been a Rashawn yep. Gary sack. That's. I feel like I've been tweeting this a lot throughout camp, and that's what it's been. And whew, that's that's exactly what I was going to say because Zach Cruz tweeted it. Rashawn Gary would have had a sack has become a daily thing at Packers training camp. And some Absolutely. more some more good news on top of that. Though <laughs> those stupid fucks. Sorry for my language. In Ooh, purple, it's okay. Are reshuffling their offensive line days before facing one of the best. Ru- pass rushing tandems in the league and a budding Rashawn Gary. They're reshuffling their entire they don't even have their left tackle penciled in. Pencil they don't even have it let alone Sharpie and they don't even have it penciled in. Oh my god. Wow. I can't wow. wait. I didn't even have to say anything and you just went off on your own little rant there. That was <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it is it's <laughs> it's nice, you know, in our own Packers centric focusing on that. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh man, the right side of the offensive line. Well, they have the left side of the offensive line, and they are choosing to kind of go in that direction this close to the end of training. I but love yeah, it. with the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary, if they're all together, uh, you know, that first they week. They just rotate and roll home. Oh, my um, goodness. They all stay fresh for every third down. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, you were you were in you were in Minneapolis for the game last year where Zadarius took over, and that's yep. going to be week one, hopefully, this year. But yeah, and, and even... A guy you don't really like too much, I but I still you know always stick up for Tom Silverstein. He even said that he expects Gary to have a double digit sack season. Expects that feels like a kiss of death. Uh, I don't know. I mean, once again, we can go back and because then like he Ky- just Kyle Fackrell. Time did he say that? Well, I'm just saying Kyle Fackrell. He had just like strikes 10 me sacks. as the guy who like who like no. r- lays out these. Well, I, I guess I don't follow him, so correct me if I'm wrong. But he seems like the type that lays out these these crazy expectations and then when they don't no. meet him he's just like yes i was wrong no t- tom is a lot of things that is the last thing that he is because he he admits when he's wrong and he doesn't do it in a type of like you're kind of okay there, where he's like Bale's okay yes i was wrong now i get to trash him he even mentioned how you know we'll, and we'll get to it later i'm sure with how he didn't think much of rogers his rookie year and mccarthy was like oh you wait you wait and you'll mm. see and he's like i was wrong about aaron Rodgers early on well, yeah. What? How? How big of him to admit he was wrong about Aaron Rodgers? Still, still. Either way, I'm. You know, you yeah, asked. I, gotcha, I told you. I, gotcha. I just gotta get my digs in. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. For fallers, uh, no surprise. Montrevious Adams. Mm. Well, he's just been sidelined, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's to that point now. I think he's I think he's just like a faller by default because he wasn't he having a pretty good summer. But he he always has a really good summer. He's like I don't know if you remember DJ Williams back in the day, the tight end we took in like the third or fourth round, who was like the best college tight end that year. Hmm. No one no one thought he'd transition that well to the league, but he he would always in shorts he would tear it up in training camp and stuff. But once we put on the pads. Not really, huh? yeah. And Sundays disappeared. I don't know. It high high draft pick. He'll pro. He might still make the team because we have no depth at that position. Mm-hmm. But it's to the point now where it's like he's just kind of. It feels like he's just a guy and almost. I don't want to say Tread a waste. Water. Of, yeah, not a waste of a roster spot, but it's he, not looking great. Not looking great. But again, yeah, like you said, like the only reason it doesn't make. Well, I guess that kind of does make him a waste of a roster spot is because of the lack of depth so yeah it's tough it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah you know it's it is 
the Twitter, everyone saying this type of stuff. But man, if we could, if we would sign Snacks Harrison, and he came in. I feel really, 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 really good about the defense. He's still sitting on the couch, is he? Apparently, yeah. Him oh. and him and Tremont, yeah. Neither of them have oh, uh, poor Tremont. have jobs. Uh, back to risers. Lane Taylor, mm, really, really. Wow. Su- I I don't want to say surprising, but you know, once he went down last year and Elton took over. I was like, okay, well, See Lane, Lane Taylor's career yeah. as Green Bay Packers. Over. And that was like, I remember that was like a, a a very like hot topic in like the spring of like, okay, when are we cutting Lane Taylor? Yeah. Like it's only a matter of time before we cut him or mm-hmm. restructure, like, hello. And then he did restructure. So I, he, he's getting like a third or maybe half of what he originally was going to get. But it does make me feel a lot better about the offensive line. I know last episode, if you, you said gun to head, what do you think it's going to be? And I'm, said, I'm actually going to do it again. I have a gun again to your head. Well, we, and you said, you said last week, you said, yeah, you said Turner Wagner. Yep. And this week, does it change at all? I I would ch- so that's, forty-five so, milliliters so that's right to your temple. Yep. So we're recording. Is it Monday? Today's yes. Monday. We are recording on Monday. I would say that it it should be uh, Lane Taylor and then Billy Turner. Wow. But in the press conference today, they were talking about injuries, and it sounds like that there are some injuries right now that we do not know of that won't be brought up until next week. You know, regular game week when the injury report needs to be out right. there. It sounds like it, there might be some shuffling. I don't know if Billy Turner got hurt or someone, but I don't know if everything's set in stone right now just because of that. Maybe Rick Wagner. Wagner just got back, didn't he? He did just get back, but LaFleur said there are some injuries. They might have to reshuffle some stuff. Everyone isn't healthy right now. Afterwards in the press conference, Rob Domofsky was like, is, is it the right tackle position? And Matt LaFleur wasn't going to answer anyways, but... He's not a very good liar, and it seems like it could be that side of the line. Maybe it's a different position. We will see. But either way, I mean, Lane Taylor, it's he's it's nice to not have to worry about at least one part of the offensive line as long as he is put in put in that spot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. Talk about the right yeah, position. line. Hey, game is one in the trenches. Don't don't yeah. ever forget that. And continuing on with that, another faller. I put Rick Wagner down. It's. It hasn't been, you know, he got hurt too, but it's tough because, you know. Again, I think it's just like similar to Adams. It's just a, a faller by default just because sure he hasn't been there. Hey, what's the best ability? Yeah, I, w- I was going to say that the best well, ability is availability. And neither of them seem to have that so far. It's But it's not only just that. he Silverstein and other guys have said it too. Even when he's been out there, he hasn't looked amazing. He hasn't looked like this is the guy who's going to start. But, I mean, on top of it, he signed a two-year, $11 million deal. He's the 11th highest-paid player on the Packers right now, and it's looking like he's Jesus. going to be a backup. That's what I'm saying. Where, yeah, it's, you know, you don't think about it, but when you really dive in, it's like, well, he's hardly played, and right now it's looking like he's going to be a reserve. I don't know. God, I was just thinking, too, like, we it's not like we signed him to this crazy contract, but, like, when you put it in that perspective, it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. 11th highest-paid player. It's almost... Any veteran who gets a decent deal is going to be a higher paid paid player on the league. Just on a team, just, just because of all the rookie deals. And correct. Yeah, but still, sense. when you see it, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, risers back to risers. Veteran quarterbacks. We've obviously talked about Tim Boyle, and he has been tearing it up. He's going to be the number two quarterback going into this year. Yeah, that. Uh, um, uh, God, what, number twelve. What's his name? Uh, he's been looking pretty good. Aaron. Yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. I think we recorded a. Oh, the guy in the State Farm commercials. Yeah. Uh, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Um, Rush Hares. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. He's been it, pretty good. Apparently, and people who have even watched him in practice, not like he usually lights it up during training camp, but they were saying, I don't know if you mentioned it last week. I was going to say, did we get to cover that, the where he, he looked at film from it 2010? Yeah, it might have been that day or after. I don't know if, I can't remember if it was 2010 or 11 or what it was. So yeah, if you're unfamiliar, apparently he looked at film from 2010 practices, 2010, if, if you don't remember, we won the Super Bowl. Softball. That year. And uh, yeah, he said he... he found something and implemented it to his practice now and ever since he's just been lighting the the world on fire so whew, i got goosebumps just giving that little spiel yeah yeah it's hoping hoping we can see that because we've talked about it on previous episodes rogers is still really really good but it's true but it's sometimes you know he's not always superman sometimes he is clark kent a little bit nope, more than he nope, used to be nope nope he <laughs> is always superman <laughs> but yeah Tim Boyle, number two, I feel better about the backup quarterback position right now more than I have in a while. And isn't it like kind of nice, like almost like a weird positive spin on this COVID situation where the like, do you th- do you think without like if this is just re- any regular offseason, do you think there's a discussion to keep three quarterbacks still or do you think it's no no question we keep th- three quarterbacks i mean it's i think most teams do keep three now i mean shit some teams even keep like two kickers you know but it it makes it a lot easier it's one less thing to think about because yeah you, you don't want to cut tim boyle you're not going to obviously cut jordan love yeah so, so yeah, that's why yeah that's why now that i think about it the the covet is almost like a positive that like that's a positive where like that doesn't even become yep. a discussion where it's, yes it's no question we're keeping three quarterbacks yes absolutely yeah and Something I think we'll see. Hmm. We'll we'll see. We'll see how that works going forward. Back to Fallers. Uh he's kind of had an up and down training camp but especially after Sunday Josh J- Josh Jackson. Yeah, he's been on the roller coaster. And I don't that's cuz he might be on the other side of the list at the end of Wednesday. It, yeah. For sure, especially with, you know, when we have guys like Shandon Sullivan and we haven't heard too much from uh, Kadar Holman, but no news is good news, you know, at that exactly. position half the time. It's almost like offensive li- on the offensive line, you don't want to hear their name too much. On defense, you don't want to hear about the defensive backs too much. And y- you hear splash yeah, plays. Yeah, now that you think, ab- now that I think about it, like Jair or Kevin King, haven't mm-hmm. really heard from him all, all camp, which is beautiful. Unless it's a pick or something. And Josh Jackson, he's been... You know, kind of like how he was in college, he's been around the ball, but at the same time, it's like he's making these risks, and they're not always working out. They sounds real grabby, and yeah, that's what they were talking about that on Sunday during the scrimmage. How he had a play where he tried to, he should have had a pick, and he dropped it. Then the next play, he uh, held. He they said it was a penalty, or he would have it would have been flagged for a penalty. And then the play after that, he tried to get a pick, and it ended up being like a seventy-yard untouched touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, so that's not the stuff you want to see, especially in a. Th- the third year for this, don't, you like, f- don't you feel old like josh jackson is a third year player now it, it's like it it feels like he's been here for yeah like five six years and yeah, yeah this is truly the the make or break year yeah so we'll we'll have to see what happens there at least we have a lot of depth mm-hmm. at that position we might even just keep him on and still try to figure out if we can throw well, him at safety. Cut, is he i don't there's a chance e- either way i mean if not, someone will get scooped up. The one thing that will be weird this year with the cuts is that they're pretty much only cutting 11 players because you're going from 80 down to the larger practice squad now. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you'd even be able to stash was, him. Is but he eligible? He's not even eligible for the practice well, squad. Well, they've also changed oh, the rules. Oh, they this, modify that? Yeah, okay. they modified it because before, it, I think it was you have had you could only play so many games or be, been in the league for like three years. And now 
I saw that veterans can be on the practice squad. I don't know how far out that goes for years of experience, mm. but interesting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's get back to risers. Obviously, you know, there, I think we have a lot more risers, but that's just because we're fucking Packer fans. <laughs> Kamal Martin. Mm. Probably could have mentioned him before the other guys, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one of those things. He's been around the ball. He seems to be the hard-hitting linebacker we want in the run game. You know, we have Kirksey, who seems like more of the pass defense guy. Perhaps Kamal Martin like can turn been, to the run defense guy. Yeah, sniffing a lot of stuff out, getting, you know, reading reading the cadence and, yeah, diagn- di- diagnosing. Yes. Did I pronounce yeah, that Yeah, no, right? that was diagnosing. right. Diagnosing. Yeah. Di- that feels weird. Diagnosing. Diagnosing the play and, yeah, just sniffing it out. So if we can get someone like that in the middle of the defense, ooh, lordy. Mm-hmm. And a fifth, fifth round pick. Um, and, and Andy Herman said this. He's not the only one to say this, but he's been the best rookie in camp so far. Well, camp's over, but you get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll have to see going to there. We always get these high hopes on these mid-level <laughs> inside linebackers that we always draft. Blake Martinez was kind of the same way. Yep. I mean, he's still a later-round guy, and he was, I mean, for a fourth or fifth-round pick, whatever fourth, Blake think, was, yeah. he was still a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Oran Burks, when we drafted him, you know, he looked pretty good. He was a third-rounder, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it, you know, he had, a, his name was coming up a lot, his rookie training camp before he got hurt. So, as long as Kamal can stay healthy, look look out maybe we have an actual inside linebacker mm. fallers one guy that we've been high on at the end of last year jay sternberger mm. well again i think he's just been like what i saw he's just been in neutral he hasn't really struggled but he hasn't but really excelled that's part of it i guess because it's but i mean i mean he's a Okay, so this segment is he's a faller of our expectations. It's it works. I guess, yeah. It's tough. I suppose that's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm the way I'm looking at him right now and hopefully I'm wrong is he feels like how we felt about MVS going into last year where mm. we had a lot of hope and promise cuz you know this is the most talented guy at this position. He's young, he's going into his second year. He should take that step, but at the same time not really making a bunch of noise sure. in training camp. You know, MBS last year, people were still hyping him up for fantasy football and all of that, but he really wasn't on the same page with Aaron Rodgers in a lot of cases. And Jace this year, I mean, he hasn't made much of a splash I at all. Any, yeah, splashes. They were, really they were even saying, like, like you mentioned, you know, kind of a slow start. Uh, obviously, he was on the COVID list the first couple weeks, but even on Sunday, like, they had to stop the play because he was lined up incorrectly. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so that's not good. When we're going into this year thinking, you know, especially after the draft where receivers aren't as valuable, you know, it's going to be more receiver, tight end, running back, getting them all involved in the passing game. Jace not showing up and also not getting, you know, Rodgers for as much as people say he's not a great teammate. He does, especially last year too, talk up pretty much every receiver on the roster. But <laughs> I, he, have, he has You never know if you watch... Like yeah, ESPN first take or something. I would never do that. But you you haven't heard him speak glowingly about Jace. In fact, mm. when he talked when he talked last week, he brought up Mercedes Lewis, Tanyan, Deguara, and then Jay Sternberger. And Interesting. I don't know if that's reading too much into no, it. but I Rogers think, doesn't I, no, mince I, words. I like. I mean, that's why you do a podcast is because you're you a read loser. Too much into it. Yeah. Like yeah. that's exactly. I like. I imagine. Like people are listening for that exact type of insight, and that's something I didn't even know, which is you know very very telling. Because yeah, like you said, he he talks up everyone, mm-hmm. and for I don't know, I think Rogers is like the perfect amount of petty, yeah, to, to do something like that. There so, you go. Like, yeah, even Silverstein that's and a little uh, worrisome. And uh, Jim Lazarski were saying that the opening day starter 
at tight end is probably going to be Mercedes Lewis. I'm fine with that, dude. Do you know what his nickname is? Big Dog. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, back back to risers. MVS. We just oh. talked about him being a, oh my a God. faller Those last year. Too. Oh, my goodness. He, yeah. It looked like he was making plays all over the field in the scrimmage. Big third down conversions. I think a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just long chunk gainers. Ooh, I'm excited. Like you said there, and it's something, you know, obviously he struggled last year, but not only that. Last year we viewed him. It's just a deep threat guy. It's just burping the microphone. Um, but like you just said, he's, he's the picking up the third down kind of guy this year, this training camp, which I wouldn't thought was part of his game. You know, it was go deep and we'll see if you can do it. And didn't do it too mm-hmm. much. Well, now he's catching these slants and crosses, picking up first downs. That's what we want. Even, yeah. even to the point where he seems to be the guy other than Devontae that's been showing up. Silverstein said that the number two receiver is probably between MBS and Lazard. Love so that. He's, he's saying it's a competition when going into this training camp, we just assumed it was Lazard. Lazard yeah. And it's, it's, it's time. Go ahead. Go ahead and get excited about MBS. I, I release you from your oh boy. worriness. Oh boy. It's time to get excited. I wish we could go back to week 18 or 19 last year when we were doing our bold predictions oh, and you were like, man. I am done with MBS. <laughs> I am well, done picking that, him. It, You had a. I'm done. You I'm, had do, a, I'm done with MBS. Yeah, predictions. yeah it's, it's kind of a bummer. I don't. He didn't have a catch, and, did he? He didn't have a target. <laughs> yeah. And until he, until he, has more than 13 yards in a game, I'm done doing bowl predictions. Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. <laughs> like I predicted, like 150 yards and two touchdowns, like four times. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like it just. I'm excited. About MVS, but it's it's tempered still because I can't think of anyone who showed flashes exactly. their rookie year, struggled with injuries their second year. Oh, shut up! Their yeah, third year. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one one more follower. <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get into this follower too for uh, Twitter takes. Uh, Jordan Love, not too much to say. I mean, you Again, you kind of have to mention him just because right he was a yeah. first round pick, but Roger but struggled as a rookie. Like, I don't know. He seemed like. The way people were talking about him is that he came out with like more conviction, yeah, like in the scrimmage and yeah, was a little more decisive and and sort of confident. So I don't know, that's uh, something to to be happy about. Yeah, they're still saying he's improving every every practice for the most part, but one percent, baby. What? Yeah, the one percent, and you know, as everyone has said too, he hasn't had a full off season. He's a rookie quarterback. He hasn't taken snaps under center for the longest time. Blah blah blah. We'll see. Kind of sucks that we have this shiny new toy and we don't even have Wait, a preseason. Wait, did he not take snaps under center at all in college? Uh, apparently, I don't think he maybe didn't his senior year when they changed the mm. offense. Maybe before that, but yeah, I don't think lot. he did much. Thanks a lot, Gary Anderson. Oh Jeez. yeah, that's right. See, you remember the Badger stuff that I never am able to. Uh, honorable, he was so bad. Yeah, uh, a, 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 a blemish on an on an otherwise historic and wonderful and beautiful program a, a very ugly blemish he left wisconsin to go did he go oregon to state and okay. i think he left because of he couldn't recruit well because of the academic standards like sorry you need like a 24 on your act Jeez, God, i don't even heard what i got on my act okay um honorable mentions for risers we probably could have mentioned this guy especially with him kingsley kiki Mm. Hopefully he turns into the Robin to uh, you know Kenny Clark's Batman on the defensive that would line. Be, 
I mean, I'd want like a Batman to Kenny Clark's <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Two Batmans? <laughs> yeah. Well, then the we, Batman. I was going to say, if, if Spider Man had a sidekick, we could roll with that and say, you know, another Spider Man from the Spider Verse. Ooh. Yeah, we're getting really nerdy right now. But Why don't no. we just say Batverse? Is that not a thing? No. Not, uh, maybe in a couple years. DC's trying to copy Marvel I've in never a, been every other a direction. DC Marvel guy. I've always like wanted to get into it, but like it's so overwhelming now to where it's like 40 movies I have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marvel, Marvel like started, and they kind of branched out with how everything kind of connects. DC, all their shits kind of sucked over the last mm. ten DC years. DC is Marvel is like the Thanos, right? Yeah, and DC <laughs> is like Spider Man and no, uh, uh, wait, Spider Man's in the Thanos universe? Yeah, it's Why funny that you're not... calling it the Thanos universe. Well, no. that's well because th- like. That shit was a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Like that shit was insane. The hype around all of that. Yeah. No. D- DC is like Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Flash, Wonder Woman. Those those ones. Okay. Marvel Damn, is. That's like... kind of a bitch ass lineup. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got a you got two um you got two studs in Superman and Batman. Dude, he is sitting up in his chair right now. He's very passionate about this. I'm. I'm, I'm honestly I'm very... not. I'm honestly not. <laughs> It's it's just funny. I like get, getting on these stupid tangents. I was trying to think like who is the Batman and Superman of Okay, so like uh, Captain I'll, America. Here we go. Here we go. So DC <laughs> DC has Batman and Superman, nothing else. Okay. They're yeah. like the Lions when they had Stafford and Calvin there Johnson. There we go. Okay. You know, that's put it, it in you, football terms. You've, however, you know, Marvel, we you know, you've got you've got Iron Man and you've got Spider-Man and you've got, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, 2011 you know. Packers. Exactly. See, you've got it. Okay. Wow, that was oof, that was some type of tangent there. Good, yeah. good tangent. Back to what yeah, Kingsley Kiki really looking forward to <laughs> what he's going to show, especially being a pass rusher. That's what we need from that spot. Lowry, whatever, doing the run blocking or run stopping. We'll see what happens. Uh, two other guys who have been rising, Derry Shepard and Reggie Bagleton. We'll see Bagleton came on strong at the beginning. Uh, we mentioned him in the interview, obviously. Shep getting a lot of buzz, too. Yeah, and once again, it's I, I said it when we had Grassi on, where we're kind of sleeping on him because he shows up in training camp. Maybe there'll be less pressure if he makes the 53, actually performing under the lights at Lambeau with no one there. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe that'll help. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um for the honorable mentions for uh, droppers, whatever, fallers, Oren Burks, EQ, Billy Turner. I have them mentioned. Billy Turner, once again, it's one of those things, like I said, like Wagner is making $5.5 million this year. Turner is making $7 million this year. They're the 8th and 11th highest paid players on the roster, and we can't figure out who's going to be starting at the right tackle position. Mm. You know, we have Lane Taylor, who's making hardly anything, and he's solidifying the right guard. But these other guys, it's like, well, shit, if you're paying you this money, you should be able to be an unquestionable starter on the offensive line. But I don't know. Oh, and Oren Burks, too, we kind of mentioned it there. He's like the linebacker version of Josh Jackson, where he's <laughs> he's not able to really perform. We've seen the flashes. We're, yeah. we're just we're holding our breath, waiting. And, yeah. yeah. And EQ, kind of the same thing. We haven't heard his name much. And you would like to hear about EQ catching the ball. I think he's been bang- I think he's banged up right now, too, which isn't very good. Mm. But with that, we will have a quick commercial break. Are you going inside a public building? Have you developed a double chin that you want to hide out in public? Have you finally decided to wear a mask after being the star in one too many public freakout videos? Sounds like you could use a homemade cloth mask. 26hats.com makes some of the best cloth masks around. Check out the website to see what styles are available. Each mask is handmade, 
using hands to make them. There's no better way to represent the state of Wisconsin while also making yourself less contagious than wearing one of these masks. For custom koozies, book covers, and face coverings, visit 26hats.com today. All right, Twitter Takes. This is a new segment, but it's pretty much the same segment as last year, same as it ever was. We're going to try to mince up, uh, take news, so that we just have you know more different segments to talk about. And we cannot talk about Twitter last week and the Green Bay Packers without talking about Jordan Love and a little feud that started on oh, the Twitter. Yeah, Ugh. it all started with I'm NFL Dov Kleeman. Dov Kleeman. I don't follow him, but I always see him pop up reporting news. So he mm-hmm. he put out this tweet. QB Jordan Packers QB Jordan Love has yet to even provide a glimpse of why the Packers traded up to draft him in the first round from Matt Schneidman, who covers the Green Bay Packers for the Athletic. Every throw he makes seems to be a touch pass, and he's had some accuracy issues early on. So, you know, anyone with a brain sees that first tweet, and they're like, okay, this guy's picking, picking some quotes here. Matt, of course, you know, he quotes it. He, he's mentioned it, and he kind of, you know, puts out the fire a little bit. He says, I know I wouldn't help. Oh, geez. I know it wouldn't help get as many retweets, but let's also include the line I wrote in between those two sentences where I say the early struggles are expected for a rookie only nine practices into his career. Context is important. So that should be like, that should be closing the loop on this situation. Like, oh, this guy on Twitter, he picked a couple quotes, put a headline out, got interactions, got what he wanted, more views, more clicks. Mm-hmm. Matt comes in and says, hey, yeah, you can definitely do that, but let's get some context here. You know, I did say that it's expected Softened for a the blow. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, it, to the demise of some of us, Corey Binky of Cheesehead TV, one of the two owners of Cheesehead TV with Aaron Nagler. I think they've been doing it for around 10 years now. Great program. Great program. I, I do love Packers transplants. Programming is what I was going to say. Can I? Same thing. Um, Corey Banky tweeted out, can someone please ask Matt Schneiman to chill regarding Jordan Love? I would love, I would ask him myself, but he doesn't follow me on here. Matt <laughs> replied to him and said, LOL, people taking what I say over the top. I wrote three sentences about how he's struggling, and that's expected with only a couple practices. Sorry for reporting on their first round pick, and you don't follow me either, but thanks for calling me out, winky face. And then parentheses, it's all love for me. Once again, this should be closing the loop on the stupid Jordan Love thing. But, uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. Corey quoted that and said, writing the words he is quote-unquote struggling is over-the-top over part, the methinks. And that's where I'm like, Corey, Corey. Struggling is over-the-top. That just seems... That's so... That's... Uh, nobody is annoyed by Packer fans more than me, I think. It's one of the reasons why we have Dumb Packer Fan of the Week as a segment is because, you know, the one thing worse than a dumb Viking fan is a dumb Packer fan because it makes you look worse. Exactly, because we're in that company. And I just, I hate we've already spent like four minutes talking about this because it's so unbelievably stupid. But yeah, to he was, he, I mean, it's his job to write about the Packers and report it how he sees it. And if he, he used the word struggle. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's over the top. It, what it, are we doing here? If, if we, if, you know, Matt puts out that Oren Burks is struggling, is Corey going to give a shit? It's not even, yeah. No, 
No, he doesn't give a shit. But because he was a first round pick and because he's the heir it's apparent, already under a microscope. Like. Yep. And and anything, he just wants to thwart it right away. And that's what Corey mentioned as well. He's like, I don't want these storylines and you know this to start already. But it's like, let the guy do his job. It's one thing I think Corey really knows the definition of a fan. You know, a fan is a fanatic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're crazy about something for no reason. And Corey really. Leans into that. Even last year on Transplants, when they got Matt LaFleur on, I was watching. And they had Matt LaFleur on the phone, and Corey's like in the background almost just kind of yelling and doing stupid stuff. And I'm like, what is this guy doing right now? Like, you get the head coach of the Packers. His roots. It's in his soul. Truly. But then after that, once the call was over, you know, they hung up, conversations over, Corey started crying. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's what, that's what this is. Like, legitimately. They've done that, you know, they started wow. Cheesehead TV, they had it for 10 years, and on their show, their main show, they got the head, the current head coach of the Green Bay Packers to come on and cool. talk to them. And I'm pretty sure it was a realization of, at that point of, holy shit, we got the guy to come on our stupid show. So it's like, I, I get it. I, 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 I totally get it. Not if, but when we talk to Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> yeah. I am going to ball like a baby right in front of their face, too. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, hey. Oh, uh, no, yeah. I won't, I'll, I'll get choked up. Remember when I was 15 and you signed my jersey? <laughs> it was so cool. I, I have wait. it framed at my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Click. I don't know. I felt we had to talk about it. It's, it's a tough line between recording what's going on and having an opinion on stuff. I guess, yeah, the message here is. If people, not if, when people obviously write that Jordan Love sucks because mm-hmm. they're going to, because he's going to be under microscope, just please don't overreact and yeah. say that's like over the top. It's just, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I want to hear, I think fans want to hear about the players who are struggling. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Can you imagine if we didn't hear that stuff and we go into week just one like everyone we lose? Was, everyone was playing awesome. <laughs> yeah. Everyone did a great job. Everyone's blocking. Everyone's tackling. Yeah, this team's super good. Like, mm-hmm. no one wants to read that. Yeah, I know. I like, I like Corey. Really like Matt. You know, they're both entities on Packers Twitter. One maybe a little bit more positive than the other, but we'll, we'll see. But that is... Twitter takes for the week, and now we will have our interview with Jarrett Boykin. Ooh. We now welcome on a very special guest, someone who probably has the best handle on Twitter, Boykin He Catch, former Packers wide receiver Jarrett Boykin. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. About the Twitter handle, a great play on words. It was fitting at the time. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and you just rejoined Twitter again? I think you might have been on before, too. Yeah, I kind of took like a social media hiatus. You know, I'm never, I'm not big into, you know, what goes on out there. I'm kind of kept to myself in some ways. But what's going on right now, I have to like, you know, have that outlet open again. Absolutely. Yeah. What have you been up to for the last couple of years? Because it looks like you have a new gig now too going forward. Yeah. So honestly, the past couple of years, just kind of, um, I took that break away from ball, just, you know, family time. And over the past two to three years, just interning with different organizations for us coaching, volunteering last year at UNC Charlotte, and now full-time over here at Wingate here in Charlotte. What awesome. are you doing with uh, Wingate then? So I'm coaching a wide receiver group over there, um, exciting group. I'm um, put my touch on them, put my mold on them. We've got some great guys in that in that room. Just learn some things that I learned with my time with Edgar, Benner and see, with Edgar Bennett and see how these guys can perform. Edgar Bennett, yeah, I've heard great things of him as a coach as well, so yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because I think he's um, – I know he's with the Raiders now. He got moved up to, like, offensive coordinator, or he's the wide receiver really? coach there too. Yeah, so he's 
he must know his stuff. Yeah. He's a um, wide receiver coach down in Oakland. I was out there interning in Oakland this past year. So oh, just, okay. just learning. Nice. Awesome. So you left Virginia Tech at the time as the all-time leader in receptions and receiving yards. So I'm just curious, what was your recruiting story like? Because I imagine you were a sought-after recruit to leave college with those sort of records. Man, um, being here in Charlotte, being a North Carolina guy, Wanting to go to UNC Tar Heels was kind of like a, a big dream, big goal of mine. Went up there and visited, fell in love with the facilities, the place. I had a childhood friend of mine, Eddie Whitley. We played low league ball together, went to high school together, ended up committing to Virginia Tech together. So it was like, it was fitting. Their whole wide receiver group had just went to the NFL. It was Eddie Royal, Josh Morgan, Justin Harper. Uh, it was a great group. So I felt like it was a no-brainer. I had an opportunity to go in as a freshman. Um, started as a freshman, never looked back since. Good timing. That's awesome. Yeah, because wasn't and uh, was Tyrod the quarterback at the time then too? Yes, Tyrod. I got Tyrod um, for three years. Sean Glennon was there okay. my freshman year, and then Tyrod took over. Then once he left, Logan Thomas finished it up. Were the Tar Heel Tar Heels ever after you as a recruit? Uh, yeah. So honestly, it was between those guys, VTech. South Carolina, just somewhere where my family can commute and come sure. to the games. I didn't go. I didn't really want to go too far. But the know? timing with the opportunity and and your best friend, I imagine, is what pushed you to the Hokies. Yeah, it just made sense. We went up there for a game against Florida State, and I think Tyrod took off on like a, a big scramble, and mm. I was like, "This is it." Yeah, the atmosphere, the moment. I love it. Mm. So we mentioned it there when you left leading leading uh in receptions receiving yards you uh go to training camp with the jags get cut you have you know a training camp tryout with the green bay packers you go through you get invited to training camp work through all that and eventually make the 53 what was that summer like because it sounds like one hell of a up and down swing for you yeah um honestly you know this was so long ago my, my, obviously, my football days are behind me as far as playing. But when I came out of college, you know, um, had that opportunity to go to Jacksonville, released the next day. And I was like, man, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Or mm-hmm. what can I take from this opportunity and apply it to this one that I'm getting in Green Bay? Because I was going to treat that one like my like my last. Sure. So they brought me up there to try out bases. And I just tried to finish strong, um, try to make no mistakes. You know, you're already on the short lease regardless. Yeah. And I'm um, just that I can play and I was fortunate enough to show those guys that I had some you know a little bit of playmaking ability yeah and so your rookie year uh 2012 you played 10 games only finished with five receptions but then 2013 your first start you have eight receptions 103 yards and a touchdown leading receiver on the day how did it feel having that kind of performance when finally given the opportunity um I mean just patience you learn patience um obviously i went in there with a group that had donald driver greg jennings jordy nelson randall cobb you know james jones you know when your opportunity is going to come just be ready for it um you got to practice like a pro you have to do everything that you can do because you never know your high ankle sprain away so that year later when i actually got that opportunity to step into that role um you know just take everything that you learned over the past year i believe um we were in Baltimore and I had, I got thrown in there so far as like, man, this is it. I know I had like a couple missed catches, but I had to redeem myself that next week and try not to um, look back from there. Sure. Sure. 
Yeah, and I guess going along with that there, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers a couple times went out of his way just to praise your work ethic and your understanding of the offense. How important was that to your success, and how difficult was it to, I mean, we've been Packer fans, you know, we hear all, all the time about receivers having to gain Rodgers' trust. How tough was it to gain that trust? Um, I mean, honestly, that for a young guy and a new guy that's going into that organization, you, you do have to gain his trust because he wants people to be where they're supposed to be at all times. You can go up there and check to a different assignment at any moment, so you just got to be on your P's and Q's. But um, just going in there and showing that you know what you're doing and you're you're executing 100% all of the time. And um, that's where it comes in at that, that rookie mentality. I was kind of looking over my shoulder every day just because I didn't want to um, become content, you know? Mm -hmm. And at, at, when you're practicing like that, other things start falling into play. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it it worked because on that year, your, your second year, you finished with 49 catches, 681 yards, three touchdowns, and more impressively, you did it while having three different quarterbacks throwing you the ball. Rodgers, Tolzien, Matt Flynn. How difficult was it to stay productive while always having to adjust to a new quarterback? It seemed like, you know, every not every other week, but every couple weeks. I don't really think it was um, a difficult adjustment, but just everybody have the end goal in mind. They all have the, you know, the standards that the organization holds you to. So, you know, the next man up mentality. Mm -hmm. So it's, it shouldn't be no downfall from the next guy that's getting thrown in there. Everything should pick up and run smoothly. And Scott Tozane, Matt Flynn, I think we had Seneca Wallace in there at one point. Yeah. I think that big changing moment was when we played Dallas. We were down pretty big. Yep, and yeah. we off that, and that kind of got our momentum going into the, the rest of the year for the playoffs. So everybody just kind of felt that confidence. And we just trusted and believed in anybody who was thrown in there. Yeah, shoot, that's a, that's a good point. Because I, I remember going into halftime of that game, too, because, you know, it, it was pretty much playoffs every single yep. week that season. Sure. Going into halftime, you know, I'm like, man, is the season over? Are we going to – is Flynn going to be benched for Tolzien? And then all of a sudden it was, I mean, one of the most memorable games I think the Packers have had in the last 10 years. Thank you, Eddie Lacey. <laughs> so that season was absolutely wild, like we kind of talked about there, too. The tie against the Vikings – getting blown out against the Lions on Thanksgiving, then the comeback against the Cowboys, the fourth and eight game. What was the feeling like in the building during those highs and lows? Because that entire season, I mean, I, aside from the Super Bowl year, it was my favorite season watching the Packers. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, you just, you try not to get too caught up in, emo in the emotions. Um, you never look too far ahead. You understand what's in front of you. Um, treat each week like it's, like it is your last. And, with everything that was going on that year and adversity that we, you know, were presented with, I think we overcame it pretty well. Obviously, the end result wasn't necessarily what we wanted, mm -hmm. and the next year after, but um, it just it just is what it is. It's just moving pieces. Going back to the uh, the fourth and eight game, um, first of all, probably my favorite game as a Packer fan, and I want to thank you for the memorable play you had in that game. And I'm sure you knew this, but there's like a wide shot on the broadcast of like all the players on the field during that play. And you were the only one that sprinted to the ball with like any sort of urgency. So can you just like give us like an oral history of that play and like what was going through your head? Is this Chicago? Yeah. The one where you, you picked up the fumble and, and scored. Right. Um, honestly, that just comes from ball drills, ball drills that we do um, before we get into our team periods. And just always chasing, running to the loose ball. You never know anything could happen. And 
at that moment, it just have to work in our favor. And no one knew what was going on. I kind of didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But just get on the ball. Mm-hmm. And from the sideline, you hear people saying, run, 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 go to the touchdown. And that's just what we did. Sure enough. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those things because you, abs- you sprint to the ball, pick it up, and then after that, you're just, you know, kind of waiting for a whistle, like looking the- around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Rodgers comes up and he's just point- pointing to the end zone. And it's like, wait, is this, is this going to count? Is this touchdown going to count? <laughs> right. And um, just little plays like that in that in that game kind of proved some big momentum shifts for us. And then mm-hmm. uh, what Randall Cobb had that big game winning yep. touchdown catch in right there, just off of blown coverage, you know. Mm-hmm. Got us to the playoffs. Yep. So your second, another big play, memorable play from your career was also against the Bears. Your block punt or your forced fumble. The uh, you actually kicked the ball out of the air before the punter was able to. Uh, how were you able to pull that off? Honestly, that week when we were doing special teams meetings and um, scouting, I just kept telling like the group, wide receiver group, and everybody in the room, like, I'm going to block a punt this week. <laughs> as, you, as you can see on the video after I did it, I, I pointed at Sean Slocum, that Coach Slocum. Oh, yeah. group, like, <laughs> Told you so. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that wing, he was just oversetting too far and giving up that gap. So I just knew like a quick three-step inside um, – it would work, and I got there way too quick. Now looking back on it, I wish I would have just grabbed the ball and took <laughs> off. Just ran it. in. <laughs> yeah, I actually kicked the ball before the kicker did. Yeah, yeah, that was an, an extremely exciting play. And I'm wondering, like, usually, I mean, like you said, you called it in the week of preparation, and usually people have a knack for stuff like that. So, but so was that like your first blocked punt in any sort of football, or have you done that before? It wasn't necessarily my first block punt i've had some in college sure but um it's always been opportunities where we've got we've gotten close it's just a, a misstep here or two because it all happened so quick mm-hmm. but just the way that wing was oversetting so much throughout the year i just knew it was an opportunity for us to block the punt that day i love it calling your shot <laughs> so you you mentioned in the past too that you're uh buddies with Devonte adams he's mentioned before that basketball is his first love I, it sounds like you're a big fan. You enjoy playing basketball as well. Is Devontae as good as basketball as he makes it out to be? I've never really seen him up close and personal oh. on the court. But um, just the stories I've heard and the things I've saw, I mean, you could you could see the athletic abilities mm-hmm. there. I'm sure he's a gamer. Yeah, because he, he claims before, too, that he could do like a 360 dunk. And it looks like you were in a dunk contest back in the back in the day, too. You, you still able to get up there and, what, windmill, 360? I saw the Virginia <laughs> Tech one. And you pull back some Virginia Tech highlights. Mm-hmm. What, what's what's crazy about that is um I didn't even I wasn't even supposed to be in that. I went there to support my um it was a fellow receiver in the room Marcus Davis, athletic freak, six four, probably like two thirty. Basketball is you could tell this is his sport. And I went there to support him, and I just did a couple dunks, and they were like, "Come on and join." And then of course when when it came on. I couldn't make a dunk. <laughs> then you see Tyrod go out there and do a 360 dunk on the first try. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see Tyrod's part in that. And that's no warm up though. That's still that's still pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of Virginia Tech, you know, after your playing days, you were in that flag football league with uh, yeah with a fellow Hokie, Mike Vick. How was it like playing? I mean, even if it is flag football, just playing with Mike Vick because I think most of us grew up just idolizing that guy and i mean to be honest madden madden uh, 04. 04 favorite right. video game player of all time i think is mike vick 
That was pretty fun. I mean, I, of course, I used to see them around um, VTech a lot when they came back and visit or spring game. But um, we were just out there having fun, to be honest with you. We were drawing up plays on our hand, <laughs> you know. It was like the first year, no, the second year that they were doing that. I think they were trying to get the platform off the ground. And um, they did a great job with it. And where was going to, against Chad Johnson. Had a, they had a lot of great names out there. But um, Nate Robinson. It was fun. We were just out there just having fun, reliving some memories. Was the world-class athleticism of Mike Vick still shining through? Yeah, it's still shining yeah. through. But with that flag football, it's like us, we were out there playing like a seven-on-seven, seven, but it's different rules that the flag guys know. That's why it was like the pros versus Joes. They took, uh, they took the front. Gotcha. Yeah, they know everything about how to manipulate the – yeah, gotcha. Yeah, well, I mean, shoot, even even just uh, in that playing time there too, you had a pretty nice diving catch from from Vic as well. It was pretty impressive. Appreciate it. Uh, we mentioned it before we started recording, but you spent a little time in Calgary and you did cross paths with uh, current Packers wide receiver Reggie Bagleton. What can you tell us about Reggie? Because he's kind of new to the squad and fans don't know too much about him. Right. So I actually met Reggie in florida they flew us down there to the tryout for calgary and um we both made it me him and mark and michelle his brother sony michelle okay. so we all yeah we all roomed together up there in calgary because we were all in the same wide receiver group but um he's a hard-working guy he's fast he's he's like athletically gifted he stayed in the weight room like i can say nothing but positive things about him and um i'm just excited to see what he can bring to the team. I know he can bring a lot. And I, I still um, keep up on, like, videos and stuff during camp, and he looks good out there running his routes. So um, I, I think he's everything that you guys think he is. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think even today he was – I know the first day of camp he was one of the biggest names that they were talking about showing up and impressing, and I think today too he had a couple nice plays. Uh, sounds like they, they don't release, you know – with the new regulations for reporting on training camp, they don't say who's playing with the starters right now, but it sounds like he's getting some snaps with the ones as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a guy who's, he's, he deserves it. He, I saw him, he's came a long way as far as the grinding and the commitment to where he wants to go and the goals he set for himself and for it to actually come to fruition right now. I can want nothing but the best for that guy. Awesome. Cool. Good yeah. to hear. So have you still been paying attention to the Packers? Uh, since you've been out of the league, have you been watching the last few years? Now that you're out of it, um, you kind of like don't watch so much. Yeah. It's kind of basketball you watch when it's playoff times. I got gotcha. you. Know, that's when it started picking up, picking up. But um, just with coaching and everything that's going on, you're so committed to that time and what you got to put into that. The leisure time on a Sunday is game planning, getting ready for the Monday and watching the film, correcting tape. Yeah, that makes sense. So who uh, in in the bubble then for the NBA? Who who you got in the finals? Who I got? Now, I like underdogs, and honestly, I was hoping um, Trailblazers could make some noise. But tough last night. You, you already know it's going to be between at least I think the Lakers and the Clippers. So you think the Western Conference will be the NBA Finals then? I see it. So being a Packer I, hasn't. Be, Sorry, go ahead. It'll be cool. It'd be cool for um, Kawhi to go ahead and get another one. Would be after he went, yeah after he went from Toronto, mm-hmm. helped that organization, then go to Clippers. I, I'm a big Paul George fan too, so 
So being a Packer hasn't made you a Bucks fan at all? Um, honestly, I'm a, I'm a fan of players, you know? And I kind of – I remember when I left Green Bay, Wisconsin was playing Duke. With me being oh, from North yeah. Carolina, it's okay. like you're either a Duke fan or a Carolina fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember tweeting like, let's go Duke. And I got so much oh, backlash. No. Oh, no. So- <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it, especially, I mean, it's one thing just for a regular national championship game, but for the way that ended and how close everything was, mm-hmm. I mean, the fans couldn't have been too happy on Twitter after, after yeah, that game. Yeah. But they just got to understand, I'm a Carolina guy. You're, you're growing up. You, you, it's divided. Duke or um, Tar Heels. Right. No. Makes sense. But like I said, I'm a fan of players. Even when I watch the NFL now, I love um, I love Green Bay because they gave me a home, but I'm a, friend of, a fan of players. I like that. So you mentioned, and with your dunk contest, um, it probably helps making it a little, little bit easier, but you apparently have some gigantic hands you have larger hands than julio jones calvin johnson aj green how much has that helped you one dunking and two i mean you were known for being a possession receiver didn't really drop hardly anything how much did that help your game honestly that was something i never really um knew but you know (laughs) back in college they they kind of talked about that a lot we really couldn't go a game or go a practice without them saying i got hamburger hell permits or don't let me wear a white glove (laughs) Permits or big boat oars or anything like that. I, I got it all. But um, you can have the biggest of hands or you can have the smallest hands. Obviously, that was a knock on smaller hands, but as long as you're catching and you're paying attention, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I saw even when they, uh, more recently, even when they're looking at uh, recruits for, at Virginia Tech, they compare them to you. I saw there was one article written because some receiver coming out of high school, his gloves are 3X or 4X, and they're saying, oh, it's the new uh, Jarrett Boykin coming coming to Virginia Tech. You're the so. gold. Yeah, I caught a glimpse of that article. I didn't read it all the way, but I think that's something that I never leave that place. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, once again, where can our listeners follow you out on Twitter? Since you did just reactivate your account, Boykin, he catch. Awesome. Well, again, a great, great play on words. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Appreciate your time. No problem. I appreciate you guys. And we are back. Uh, thank you, Jarrett Boykin, for coming on the podcast. Thank Fun. you very much. It was, uh, it was great to have you on. Appreciate you taking the time. Looked like it was a beautiful day wherever you were. Hopefully you were able to enjoy the rest of it. Virginia. He was in Virginia, right? I think I did, so. Yeah, he had a nice deck. I don't know. this wrong, this is just bad. That would be bad. But uh, you guys could hear the birds chirping outside. It was it was a nice day. Where and yeah, thank, thank you again for busting my favorite game of all time as a Packer fan wide open with mm-hmm. that with the incredible awareness you had to scoop and score. So thank you. I would hope he has a very high awareness rating in Madden, which is a terrible game now. Ooh. All right, but... All right. <laughs> all right. Back to a, a very important thing. Is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. So, is Kyle an idiot? Uh, the trivia that we do every week, you are two and six. No, just don't. Don't. I don't want. Oh, God. Two? See, I'm already in a bad mood. This segment just puts me in a. You're two and four. You're two and okay. four. Hey, I'm, okay. I'm on two. Say. I'm on two. This is what I was going to say. Just, just don't tell me my record. 
anymore until it's 500. <laughs> okay, I'll start doing that for when I edit. I'll I just I, I get so hyped up because mm-hmm. I like I, I I think way too like that the the five the the J question yeah. on like the. the you need to separate. Uh, that's such a layup, but I just like because yeah. what I do is like I think too hard, and then I think of like the people listening to this in their car, in their cubicle, mm-hmm. and just like screaming at themselves, like you fucking idiot, mm-hmm. it's right there. And then I just like so. Okay. No, I I feel you just gotta. You know, and now I'm worked up again. Now I'm worked up again. Here we go. I was gonna say if going going forward, yeah. I will say what your record is while I'm editing it, so you won't be here. You know, I'll, okay. I'll say it then. Okay. Good. Here we go. Very simple. No oh God! You, whenever you say that, it's the exact no matter what. Opposite. No matter what I say, if it's convoluted, you're like, "Oh, I know I'm going to get this wrong." <laughs> if it's easy, oh my God! Okay, how many defensive touchdowns did the Green Bay Packers have last year? Defensive. Shh. Just don't even. Just don't talk. Thanks. Zero. Yep. There you go. <sighs> bonus. If you get this one, I'll give you a bonus uh, point. Whatever. Also zero. Special teams. <sighs> okay, who was the last <laughs> Packer to have a defensive touchdown? Ooh. Um, so yeah, this is off the record. This yeah, is, this I doesn't count. Only gain points yes. from this. Yes. Uh, Dean Lowry. No, that's a very good Damn guess it. though. Uh, Bashad Breeland. Oh, that was. Uh, that's how you know it's been a while. What game was that? Uh, I think it maybe the Panthers. I forgot who we played. Yeah. Are you positive it's not Dean Lowry? Yeah. Yeah. I'm positive. I'm positive. It's not Dean Lowry. Yeah. So just to let you know how long it's been since we had a defensive touchdown, he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there you go. All right. There you go. One and oh for the week so far. Woohoo. All right. And I think this one's pretty easy, too. I think you're going to have a good week. But every time I say this, you <laughs> fucking <laughs> up. All right. All right. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are very famous. Give me two TV shows, movies, game shows that they've been featured in. So I just need two total. And if you want to just list more off, if you can do it, then... Sorry, TV shows... TV shows, game shows, movies. State Farm commercials? That doesn't count. Uh, TV shows, game shows, movies. Now don't just blur it out. Think it all the way through. <sighs> What's that Mary movie with Brett? Something about Mary? There you go. That's There's one of them. One. Yep. TV shows. And Aaron's movies. got way more. Um, why can't I think of anything from Rogers? I feel like this should be a no... Oh, this should be easy. Come Brainer. on. Uh, dude. See? See, you're getting in your head again. I am. Movies, TV shows. Game shows. Game shows. Game shows. I, game shows. Uh, yeah. Rogers strikes me as a big Jeopardy guy. There you go. Oof. <sighs> okay. Oh. Yep. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was on The Office. Key and Peele. Oh, my God. He game was of on Thrones. The Jeopardy. That was in the, 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 the season we don't talk about, though. Yeah. So, uh, okay, and this is my office hot take. Season eight, very, very good. Uh, honestly, is that one the of the best. Last one. Yeah, with James Spader. I was gonna say the Lizard King. He dude, gets, his character Robert California, so underrated. Oh, he just gets better with age. Yeah. Well, probably. I feel like people listening will hate us for these takes, but yeah, I agree. I thought he was a very funny character too. The thing that ruined that show was the female British lady. Oh, Nelly. Oh, she was so bad. Andy, that, Andy Bernard's story arc was so weird too. Yes. Oh, like yeah. He, he was, was hateable, hateable at, at first, became very lovable, then well, hateable, after then lovable, and then super it's hateable. After the Hangover. He got more popular, ah. so they gave him more screen time, and he sucked. Damn it! That that explains a lot. But oh, my, that that woman—what was her name again? 
Nelly. Nelly. That scene where she doesn't know how to eat a taco. She's never ate a oh, taco, that's, and she that's rolls cringe. it. That is the worst. That is so that's fun. really oh, but poorly written. What I was gonna say. One of the worst parts too of that final out. season when Aaron Rodgers and he talked about it recently on an interview with Kyle Brandt. He was like he mentioned how he hated the line they gave him where his line is literally. Flag on the play, and I'm like, yeah, I would want to Ew. shoot myself too. It's it's like I don't any even remember. Any, ugh, anytime they get a football player on like TV or a movie, it's, it's like the we, most. We gotta remind everyone, dude. That's one of my biggest pet peeves in like film is the way they like, I guess choreograph like football. Ugh. It's so bad. It's <laughs> yeah. so bad. It's always just so awkward and just they get the most unathletic people to do it too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like they get. I don't know. Like, and I've never watched the draft movie, but I just hear how terrible it is. How oh, it's like I've, the I've Disney version of football. How bad it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Look at that. Two and zero so far. Mm-hmm. One last question. This one's tougher, but you should be able to get it if you think hard enough. Okay. Irv Comp holds the. Yeah. See, now this is the opposite of a simple question. Irv Comp holds the single season INT record for the Green Bay Packers with ten in 1947. Nine players have had nine in a season. So second place. Nine players have nine picks in a season, which is the second most Kay. picks in a season. Name one of the two players that have nine picks in a season since the year 2000. There's two There's I'm, two of them. Just need one. I'm, I, like, I would feel wrong guessing anyone else. And I don't even know if it's right, but I'm pretty sure it is. Charles Woodson. Yeah. Okay. Charles Woodson is one of them. There you go. 3-0. 3-0, baby! Ooh, Woo! Okay. This is a duplex. People can hear next door. All right. But... <laughs> I'll be, I guess I'll be out in like a day anyways. Oh, But yeah, him and a guy who we're not going to talk about, Darren Sharper is the other one. Ooh, yep. Yeah, let's move on quickly. Yeah. He turned into a bad guy once he signed with the Vikings. <laughs> but yeah, that is it for uh, Is Kyle an Idiot? Now give me... Something spenny. Okay. Woo. I, I got to... Like, I, I'm almost positive you know this piece of information. Okay. So I, I can't remember what night it was. But I saw the Packers <laughs> tweeted that I love how I I, I like kind of do research to get the questions. 19, and you're like I saw well, this. A, no, there, there's the they tweeted a link to the 1996 NFC Championship game, Kay. like the full broadcast, which was super cool to see. Okay, so it was like Pat Summerall and John Madden, and my goodness, that John Madden is a talker, dude. I oh, mean, yeah. I remember like from my childhood days, but I don't remember that much holy smokes he loves giving all the information we remember more of john madden from references than actually seeing john madden. yeah <laughs> anyways um so that was like cool to see and watch that game my question is they played the carolina panthers in yeah. that game to go to the super bowl who was their head coach god for some reason it's not I want to say Dom Capers. Damn it, dude. Is it? It was? Damn. Okay. Uh, I was going to (laughs) say, that wasn't even going to be my guess. I was flabbergasted when I saw that. Like, I had to pause and, like, make sure the graphic was correct that it said head coach. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I didn't know that, but that was crazy that Tom Capers was the opposing head coach. That's funny. No, I I did not know that. That was just the only thought for why you would be asking me. I know. That's why I felt like, I felt like this is kind of a dumb question because, I like, (laughs) obviously the answer has to be, like, Packers related. Yeah. No, that's good. That's perfect. It it felt like a fun question because I was just blown away by that. When you started reading the question, I was like, don't say quarterback. Don't say who is this quarterback for for the Panthers because I would not have known that. Jake DeLome? No. No. 96? I don't know. Kerry Collins. (laughs) Oh, well, same thing. That's (laughs) the same guy. Another thing about this, I wasn't sure at first, but who was the outside linebacker for the Carolina Panthers for that game? 
Former coach for the Packers. Uh, uh, positional coach. Former. Yep. I have no idea. It is time. Oh, Kevin Green. Kevin Green, and that's one of the reasons wow. why he was brought in to be the outside linebacker coaches because I believe he worked with Dom Capers when he uh, the three four defense started up in Pittsburgh, and obviously like that was his head coach. Wow, yeah, dude. Pretty sure Kevin Green was part of that game, and yeah, eventually became the outside linebacker coach because of the familiarity he had with the defense with Dom Capers. That's, I mean, it's like a, it's crazy. It's like a such a small world in the NFL, which is like a good and bad thing. It, it really, probably there's probably like so much like nepotism and it's like who you know that get jobs but then it's like restricting so many like probably talented and innovative and smart people that oh man that's well, that's very interesting i guess i don't know how long we want to go here but you just look at the the nfl coaching trees that the green bay packers have had alone with their last three head coaches mike holmgren you know john gruden um, andy reed uh mariucci i was gonna say yeah mooch uh and you know there's a bunch you could say ray rhodes too uh, hmm. Then Mike McCarthy, a much worse tree, which was Joe Philbin. Uh, uh, what's the guy? Benny with the good York. hair. McAdoo, yep. McAdoo. Um, I know there's another one or two. Phil, you already said Philbin. Yep, yeah. Uh, God, I know there's another one as well, or at least, the, well, Winston Moss was getting, it's so funny. Winston Moss was getting like head coach For the XFL. Interviews. <laughs> well, no, he was getting head coaching in the NFL interviews oh, at one wow. point. And then you look at LaFleur, too, and he's part of Sean McVay, Shanahan, and all that. So everything is very, very connected in the NFL. Small world, yeah. Yep. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for His Colin Idiot slash Stump Spitty. But that is it for this week's episode. We will have one more before the season, or little preview, predictions, blah, blah, blah. Episode, maybe get a guest on, maybe not. Spoiler alert. I'm going to say we're going 16-0. and 0, So Hell yeah. That's so cool and realistic. That's so <laughs> un-Cory Banky of you. <laughs> But that is it. Um, thank you for listening. Hopefully thank you enjoyed thank the you show. Thank you so to the 1.5 million listening. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, ooh, another stump to Spenny. Yeah. What is in sales, in the profession of sales, what is the best type of lead? Profit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was a, a referral. Oh. Word of mouth. Word of Oh. So tell your friends. There you go. Yeah. Hey, perfect. You know, I almost forgot. Yeah, please, if you enjoyed the episode, tell your friends, maybe post it on Twitter, Facebook. But again, Reddit, please, Tinder. We, uh, <laughs> to only other Packer fans, please. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, any any Packers and non-NFC North fans There you go, that works. welcome. Yeah, maybe they'll want to listen. Probably not, but whatever. But yeah, if you could please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and a review even. If you leave a review... You can uh, take a screenshot, DM it to us at PMP Pod on Twitter, or email it to us on P- at uh, PMP Podcast at Gmail, and we will send you a free koozie. Include, and we will also give you now a free face mask. Ooh. Now that we have, you know, our first more legit sponsor. Yes. So yeah, you can you can have a a nice cold koozie and a nice covered face. So yeah, we're social distancing, but we're also social drinking. Ooh, hell yeah! How nice. did you not say that like the first episode? I, I just thought of it on the spot. I don't know. Hell I'm yeah! Just, I'm full of wit. I can't. Hell yeah! It, it comes. It comes and goes as it pleases. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you, shells, for the um, the face mask. Big fan of the show. We're a big fan of yours. We're we're really a fan of anyone who's a fan of yeah. the show. Yeah, and w- once I again, mean, this is a small little community here. Yeah, one point five million people it's 
relatively <laughs> a small. S- a small community for this independent podcast where, mm-hmm. you know, we make We're ton- all family here. Yeah. We're yeah. all family and friends. But, I mean, with that, I, I do not have anything else. Kyle, do you have anything else? I do not. Well, with that, uh, what's this guy's name? Mustard? Is it just Mustard? DJ Mustard. With that, DJ Mustard, please don't. And... And Roddy Rich with two C's. DJ Mustard and Roddy Rich with two C's. Please don't sue us. Go pack go. I put the new four G's on the G. I trap into the bloody bottoms is underneath. Cause all my niggas got it out the streets. I keep a hundred racks inside my jeans. I remember hitting them all with a whole team. Now a nigga can't that's a call cause I'm all in. I was waking up getting racks in the morning. I was broke, now I'm rich. These niggas salty. All this designer on my body got me drip, drip. And straight up by the objects, I'm a big trip. If I got up on a lean, I'm a sip, sip. I run the wrestle with my queen, like learning to nip. But I got rich on all these niggas, I didn't forget back. I had to go through the struggle, I didn't forget that. I hopped inside of the Maybach and now I can sit back. These bitches know me now, cause I got them big racks. Cause I'm getting money now, I know you heard that. Young nigga on the corner, bitch, I had to serve crack. Uncle fronted me some peas, had they getting birds back. We came up on dirty money, I gave it a bird back. Cut off the brain and I gave my bitch a new poof. Either you running y'all gang or your suit. Got a new all in bitch and man that pussy voodoo And I'm that nigga now, who knew? I put the new 4G's on the G I trap into the bloody bottoms, is underneath Cause all my niggas got it out the streets I keep a hundred racks inside my jeans I remember hitting them all with a whole team Now a nigga can't ask a call cause I'm all in I was waking up Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.